0: This episode of the jiu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And today, we welcome perhaps the most macho guest we could ever have in the history of the observable universe. Uh, Long-time, lifelong athlete, uh, former bodybuilder standing at a ridiculous 6'8", 320, uh, soaking wet, by the way. Uh, actor, actor, you can catch him in the upcoming Fast and Furious 9, but for the purposes of today's show, we are talking to him as a BJJ white belt set to make his MMA debut in the KSW promotion, Martin Ford. Mr. Ford.
1: Welcome. <laughs> hey guys, Thank you, sir. So-
0: you you welcomed yourself. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing, man? Uh, absolutely awesome, mate. It's
2: been, it's been an interesting few years um and, and to get here and to get this opportunity to speak to you you two guys has just topped it off for me i'm ready throw, throw them questions at me <laughs>
0: <laughs> throw them questions at you all
1: right i'm well, excited to talk to you myself too this is going to be fun this is this is going to be a good time we have so many you know we, we have so many guests on the show a lot of times that are always you know jiu-jitsu athletes or jiu-jitsu coaches and all these other things like that and i'm excited about your correlations to jiu-jitsu, but I'm just excited to talk to you as a person. man. You're, you're kind of an intriguing guy to me. So. Oh, thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am not what the book would, uh, I, I'm not what you would judge by the cover on the book, let's say that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, when when jujitsu was invented, it was invented by like a small dude with asthma so he could beat bigger people. It was never meant to end up in your hands. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've gotta say, I mean, I've been I've been practicing jujitsu for a while with Gi and mogi Um and and it it didn't take me long to fall in love with the sport. I have a lot of close friends who are actors as well that take part in jujitsu and I think it's very interesting, the individuals who join jujitsu at a later life and you find a, a direct correlation to them and yourself. And And it seems to me to be the educated individual that really fries on jujitsu and loves the sport. It's For me, it's a physical version of chess. And I think that's why I, I, I'm a massive chess player. I enjoy chess. I enjoy a physical challenge. So the combination of the two, um, you know, the two sports, if you can call chess a sport for me, is probably what really captured my attention. And I think because like we've said, my size, you know, a lot of people have said to me in the fight game size is an advantage. The smaller man, you know, can can, can beat you up. And, and rightly so I've, I've, I've sparred with guys who are half the size and phenomenal fighters and, and tied me in knots. But I do think there becomes a point when you can build a base of knowledge and the size does become, you know, um, an advantage for you. And, and for me, it was, well, if I'm going to get into the fight game at a later stage, I definitely want to pick disciplines that my frame and mind are going to be suited to hence the love of jujitsu.
0: Well, I, I think that that that's a, a lot of great stuff that I would love to go into a little bit later, but just for, uh, the members of our audience that are unaware, you know, you're coming out mm-hmm. into this, uh, sport into combat sports, from a different realm entirely, uh, take us a little bit through your your journey in athletics as a whole. Like, were you always big on being active? I know, like uh, from my research, I, I think I remember reading that you were a, a big cricket player.
1: Yeah, you
2: know, you know, you know what that sport is. <laughs> I am with this
0: right Well I did I did I did get the opportunity to study abroad uh, in the UK right. so I am unfortunately very familiar with how seriously you guys take. Uh, football and cricket, but I am a little fuzzy on the rules of cricket. Can I just so. yeah. say one
1: thing real quick, Kevin? I'm 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 yeah. always very impressed with the fact that you don't drop the fact that you're a Rhodes Scholar more often. Because if I was a oh, Rhodes Scholar, God. I don't think I would ever shut up. About
0: I'm not it. a Rhodes
1: Scholar. <laughs> <Kevin>. <laughs> right, Cambridge. I apologize. You went to Cambridge. That's right. Oxford. Yeah, Oxford. You got yeah, sorry. Excuse, excuse me. I apologize for that. Third time's the charm. <laughs> <bud>. <laughs> No, yeah.
2: I forgot the question now.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. my fault. My fault. I, that, was you, that was
2: on
0: me. How, how did you uh, – like, take
2: us through your journey oh, okay. as an athlete. I remember, yeah. I remember. Okay, yeah, so from a very young age, I, I think I was always very competitive. And for me, it was – if I'm lost, uh, okay, in second, there was just something in Simon that I hated that, and I had to win. And it, and And I've got to be honest, if it meant cheating – it wasn't a problem for me at that age. I had to win, whether it was chess, whether it was drafts, whether it was badminton, whatever sport. I had to come first, and having that competitive, um, that competitive nature as a young child, it lent myself very easily to sports. And we played rugby. I played football. I, I was, uh, I did athletics. I played cricket, and cricket and athletics were just two sports that I I extremely uh, excelled at very fast. Uh, and i think you know for me because academically i never advanced at a young age but when it came to physical sports it was something that allowed me one to channel that inner anger that a lot of children and teenagers have that i think it's just that going through life as a, as a as a youngster you you can especially nowadays you can feel very lost in what the actual reason behind life can be and for me to have the sport and the ability to get that frustration out and feel, like I said, because I never excelled academically, to feel like I was achieving within sport, that's that's what grasped me into sports. And and I went from athletics to cricket. Cricket, I played at a very high level. I played for my country. I played for my county. Athletics, I did um, javelin shot and long-distance running for county as well. So I was always a sports person at heart. And for me, it was more about just taking the the love I have for um, being able to perform physically into different sports throughout my career.
0: If there was one, if there was one thing. I was. Uh, I'm. Fe- I'm hearing a bit of an echo. Are you no, hearing you're that? Good. It was a quick one. You're good. Uh, okay, uh, Martin. I'm gonna be honest with you. If there's one thing in this world I didn't want to know, it's that you could travel long distances without getting tired. <laughs> I don't want to know that. I don't want to <laughs> know you can be mobile, man.
2: Oh yes, like you know, I'm. I'm a. I'm like a little twinkle toes superstar <laughs> when it comes to the fitness side. <laughs> to be honest, I mean my. My fitness background is where I really sort of excelled as a, as a youngster. And it was the the fitness with the cardio based fitness that really got my love for sports. And and I think that was where I first felt the energy and the passion for what training can do intrinsically for you. So, you know, coming back into the world of MMA and fitness being such a, a, an important factor, I think that was another thing that really sold the the, the sport to me.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, like, when like uh, you spent a a long time being uh, very publicly in the in the in the fitness community as just like a a, a massive imposing guy, you yeah. you became sponsored. Uh, how many years did it take for you to get that big in the bodybuilding community? If you don't mind me asking. Um,
2: about five years. I've, I've been in the bodybuilding community. I mean, I've never. This is the irony behind it. I've never actually competed as a bodybuilder. I I trained as a bodybuilder and, I look, and I'm around all the competitions and so on. But as far as the competition for me, it never grasped me internally because being a bodybuilder is about someone else's opinion. So you'll step on stage and it's someone else's opinion whether you're good or bad. So for me, sports was always interesting because no matter – how much someone might put you down or might, might not look like how you look. It was a, it was a one-on-one. It was a man versus man. It was who's the best on the day. And it was a clear winner. Whereas bodybuilding for me, it was like, well, it's still very judgmental in someone's opinion on what they think you should look like or how you should look. So I think that's, that's probably why I never went down the route of being a professional bodybuilder. Um, that and a few other personal reasons
1: yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting take on that too because it's it's also the idea of you know your competitive edge and your competitiveness you talked about being a competitor. like there's not a whole lot you can do on game day to alter the results of a bodybuilding conversation you know it's not like you can say, okay, cool, it's go time. We're in the of mm-hmm. competition. Let me get my poses perfect and straight to kind of yeah, get that yeah. game that edge. It's all about the preparation whereupon a lot of times the preparation sucks my preparation is the least fun part the competition is what you really want to get into it's interesting yeah i've never thought yeah no i agree i agree with that and i think also having
2: that fight or flight within you when it's okay now the pressure's on you're gonna really bring to the table what counts And, and i think that's what really grasped me with mma and and um having that opportunity to to really test yourself on the day and it's like okay you've done the preparation but the preparation just gets you to this point now can you actually put that into practice
1: yeah, yeah. and, and arguably, me, arguably arguably there is no other there's no other form of competition that gets you to that point of you know fight or flight uh all or nothing uh feeling than an mma fight is because you can simulate that in athletics but all that happens to the athletic is you lose, you know, you, you, you lose your yeah. cricket match, you know, the, mm-hmm. well, you know, the carnal nature of, wow, not only am I losing, but I'm getting the shit kicked out of me <laughs> is wow. next year, an extra level that pushes that fight or flight to yeah. the, you know, the greatest it can go to. And I think there's a,
2: well, you know, there's a, there's a well-known saying where you can't play yeah. combat sport.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: And, and yeah. I think until you get into the latter stages of sparring properly, that's when you you get that wake up call and you're like, okay, this isn't this isn't fun now. <laughs> this is serious. So, you know the we you know we did say that the preparation wasn't everything, but I think if you are underprepared for that big day, you can get extremely hurt and and taking a, taking the contract on was definitely done with a lot of thought and consideration into where do I want to go with this and what do I want to achieve from it because if you know for me it was about having that last opportunity to really test myself at a discipline and the sport that was out of my comfort zone. And I think every man sort of goes through that stage in life where they just want to test themselves and see what, you know, win or lose for me, it's more about having that, having the balls to step into the cage and, and, and putting on a good performance. That's what I'm, you know, if so I can step in and I can give a hundred percent and I can make myself proud. Then I'm good. I'm I'm good to go. I'm not going to go in there thinking, oh well, because I'm big and I'm strong, I can be the world's hardest man and I can I can win every... No. I'm, I'm not that ignorant. I'm not that naive, and I'm not that disrespectful to the sport. But for me, it was an opportunity to to really test if I've if I've got that fight or flight, and if I've got the minerals it takes to to step in the cage. And I, and I think that's the biggest battle for this sport is having people who can get past that
1: question yeah that's a tough one too man i i have i have been a coach in boxing and mma i competed in boxing and I competed in jiu-jitsu i never did mma but i I've been around the sport for a long long time and i can honestly tell you i've seen many many people come to my gym to want to train that are saying I got what it takes. I'm going to be a fighter. I'm going to do this. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I'll tell them all this the same thing. I said, I just want you to know that there's nothing in the world like getting punched in the face. Like you might think that you're tough. You might you yeah. might think that you have an understanding of what is happening. You know, you might ha- you might think you can relate to that. But you never know until you get punched in the face. There's no no fight or flight, no ability to maintain your calm in the world, like getting punched in the face and realize, okay, this is just part of my job. This is what's gonna happen. I have to maintain yeah. focus and keep pushing through it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's uh
2: everyone wants to be a fighter till they feel that. <laughs> and then the question the question comes back around is like how bad do I want this?
0: <laughs> that's actually that's actually an interesting question that I had is that uh y- you know, you coming into this sport, you are coming in with a lot of measurables that are unique to you, you know, size, strength. So what like what do practice sessions look like for you? Are you, like how how are you finding the partners that are going to test you? Like uh, is are you de- far and away the biggest guy in in your gym? You know so yeah
2: yeah I mean we have we we do have access to some tremendous guys out here some big guys as well but for me because I think you can tell from from our conversation I'm not I'm not what you would expect. I'm not going to go into the to to the training uh, venues that I'm at and go in there naively thinking that I can compete from day one. So the guys that we're sparring with, or the guys that I'm training with, I'm there to learn rather than there to try and overpower them. So I'm picking, especially with jujitsu, I'm learning so much about movement and, and 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 how to to throw people off, how to keep them, you know, how to keep half-guarded movements and so on and so on with guys who are a caution of my weight because I'm not trying to apply power to win. I'm trying to use knowledge and technique. And and I think that's where I've benefited greatly because obviously my size and power, if I come against the guy who's half my size, I'm gonna potentially win purely because of what I can physically do. But then as soon as I come to enter the cage against someone who's my size and my power, I'm I'm gonna be useless in 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 understanding why I can't get past him. So regards to your question Um, The size of people at the moment hasn't been a massive issue because there are some big guys out there and there are some very talented guys out there. So a combination of training with guys my size and training with guys who are educated in how to fight, it's it's given me the best of both worlds. It's also allowed me to fight against guys who are smaller, but a hell of a lot quicker. So I have to feel their body movement because they can snap me up in, in seconds because they can get from A to B a lot quicker than someone who's 340, 350 pounds. So that's that's the sort of route we're going at the moment. Obviously, once it gets nearer to the date, which is probably going to be early part next year now because of COVID, um, we will then start sparring with guys my my weight because I've got to get used to being thrown around by big guys.
1: Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing, and it's something that when I think about training with big guys, because I got I got a couple of big guys that I train with too. Spot three twenty. Six eight, just massive, massive ex-offensive lineman played for the Chicago Bears. And, you know, it's it's the idea of trying to tell these guys, hey, look, man, and this is everybody's problem in the beginning stages of jiu-jitsu because you are the extreme example of that. But there are guys that weigh 220 pounds that are extremely athletic and gifted that go against guys. Guys that are smaller than in the beginning stages, they think so much about winning that they're not really focusing on the techniques of jiu jitsu. So they get away with being bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic. The hard part is, is understanding that, hey, man, like I always have this in my back pocket. You're always going to have the fact that you're a massively strong, probably giftedly athletic person in your back pocket. So it ain't going nowhere. But when you can try to make yourself do things correctly in the beginning stages, not only are you going to have more success because you're going to find people that you can actually train with. Because if you're just manhandling some dude that weighs 160 pounds all day long, he's going to be like, fuck this. It's not even fun for me. Neither one of you are really learning anything, right? When you're able to sit back and focus on doing things correctly and allowing things to work in that manner, now you're learning to do things right. But you can also say, hey, guess what? Even if it doesn't work out, I can always just bid President Mobile $100 Rasser if I really need to. So I uh, cool. Kevin, I think
2: you're I think you're hundred percent correct in everything you've said there, buddy. And I and I think i, I learned that very soon into my career. Um with with, with how training was going with jujitsu. Um, you know, I, I first went in with the hunger and the, the energy of a raging ball. And uh-huh. you know, I, I I remember this is a few years ago, Mark Goddard, one of the he's a UFC referee now, but he was a, a yeah. tremendous fight back in the day. Very good jujitsu guy. And I, I looked at Mark naively, not realizing how good he was, thinking, well, I'll just pick him up, throw him around, chuck him on the floor, and I'll win. <laughs> it was for 40 seconds, I was winning. And then as soon as my, my muscles got tired, my body got tired, you know, Mark knew exactly what to do. He wasn't stupid. He you know, I managed to swing him around a little bit, but he wasn't shaken. And as soon as, as soon as my energy had burnt out and I was fatigued, you know, Mark got me, I think got me under a leg lock. This was a, a good few years ago. Um, and for me, it was like, right, okay, so that's not going to work. How do I bring it back? And, and like you said as well, if, you know, if I'm thrown around guys who are half my weight, they're not going to want to come back to the second session. So ultimately I lose out because all I've done is learn how to throw someone around that's half my weight and probably been training for 12, 18 months himself. So there's no, there's no real victory there. There's no benefit for anyone. Um, and I think because I'm, I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser and, and, and I'm taking it with a lot of respect. I don't want to go into the, you know, into any warm up um and, and session, uh, practice session and try to hurt someone. I'd rather try and learn. So that's that's the mindset I'm taking into what we're doing at the moment, um, and you know, ultimately you're, you're sparring
1: and training with friends, <laughs> so you right. know it's, you do uh, to break And it's it's important yeah, to remember important. that this is something I had to tell a couple of the big. I had, again, a couple of the guys that are, that are your size in particular, because it's one thing when you're when you're 220 pounds, but when you're 320 pounds, like you could you could really hurt somebody. Like you yeah, could I mean, honestly I'm- really like right.
2: Yeah, I'm coming in. I'm about 340 pound at the moment.
1: Yeah, right. Um, and and I have ext- <laughs> I,
2: I, I mean, honestly all my all my power is in my legs, my quads, yeah. my glutes are extremely powerful. And and for someone that's tall, I have extremely thick. I'm thick set. So yeah. you know, when I you know, if I was to lose my temper and go after someone who's Maybe in training for 12, 18 months, I could I could seriously hurt the, the guy. And I get that. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm at an age where I'm not stupid to it. Um, so the, the last thing I want to do is to is to to be that that guy at the gym that just goes around bullying people that thinks he's gonna he's gonna win by scaring the opposition. Because as soon as you step into a professional arena, you're not scaring anyone with you know, pretty much talk or because you've got big arms and big chest.
0: That that I, goes out the I, window. I, I think that th- that's that makes a lot of sense but it, it also speaks to the fact that there are a lot of people that will use an eye test as to like oh I don't want to roll with him he looks like he'll be too rough like a uh, uh, one of my best friends Jeff former D1 rugby player uh here in the states uh like 63 massively built guy uh but now now that he's a purple like and I'm sure he was rougher back in the day but now he's a Long-standing purple belt. He rolls with like the delicacy of, or the, 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 the lightness of like a butterfly, you know, he can be as light or heavy as he needs to be. He he's very, very safe around people. He's very much like, I know when I can go and use all my size and strength. And I know when I can hold it back and modulate it, depending on who I'm uh, rolling with. And it's really good to know that, you know, even though you're still pretty new at this art, that that's something you're taking into consideration of, you know, that you're not trying to hurt people.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I think because for me, um, I'm training with people who I respect and I'm good friends with, and I know they're giving up their free time and I know they're giving me a lot of very, um, high quality coaching, as a favor so for me the the last thing i want to do is upset them injure them or um ultimately destroy their school because a lot of the guys i'm practicing <laughs> are paying members of, yeah, of his, uh, right. of, or if or if you, the or if you break the works,
1: coach everybody's screwed right well <laughs> uh, yeah that was that that was that I, I accidentally rolled on him on his legs i so. <laughs> uh, i gotta be careful with that
2: well, let me, so let, let, let me ask you go Jeff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh no no no! I was I got a long one. So you you yeah, go. let me let me ask you another question. We can we can kind of. Uh, I'm just curious about you and in, in 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 the person that you are, because what what I've noticed a lot of times when I see guys that are your size that are also as athletically gifted as your size is that they weren't always as massive as they became into. Like they hit some kind of a growth spurt at a certain point in their life where they packed on. 50 60 pounds you grew an extra four or five inches five six inches like is that true to you or was there a time when you weren't this massive massive person
2: oh i'm, a, I'm about to blow you uh blow your socks off if you don't know the story i was anorexic <laughs> at 22. oh wow um, okay I, I had a i had a massive breakdown so when like, like we spoke about earlier i used to play professional sports Within the space of a couple of weeks, I lost I lost a very close family member, my granddad, to cancer. I, I lost my contract at the sports, and then I broke up with my first ever girlfriend. And and as a young you know a young guy at like 19, 20, that blows you absolutely blows your mind. So for me, I'd I'd almost lost control of everything that I had, and it was it was really strange because I've never had a, a, a disorder with food. I've never had a, a, a disorder with how I look or, or anything like that. I think it was more a control thing. I think i would lost control of my life. And for me, having the ability to control what I ate or didn't eat and the ability to say, right, well, I will now train like this or won't train like that. I think that's, that's what happened. And I had six months where I went from, I'd say when I was, I was at my biggest for cricket, I was probably about 220, 230 pounds. I think that sort of size. And I lost so much weight so quick. I, I went Within the space of two months, I was nearly in the hospital uh, on a, on a drip, and for me, that was it. Was all here. It was it was nothing to do. Or oh, I want to look a certain way, or I need to. I need to drop weight. I've, I've never been. I've never been fussed about a mirror. I've never been fussed about how it like. I look like. I've always been an athlete that wants to perform. So it had a deeper rooted meaning to that. Um, but going through that journey and and at, 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 at a young age losing everything that was important to me and then having to find value in life again. That's when I I was like right well I want to feel good I want to feel strong I want to feel positive I want to feel like I can achieve something in life, and and that's when I decided right I'm going to put some muscle on because for me I was I I I, I remember looking in the mirror and I was about two percent body fat zero muscle um, I looked horrendous uh, I was there, there were pictures going around on on social media where transformation Martin Ford you know from skinny geek to to, to mass monster, but people don't realise is that picture of me as a skinny geek, where I was actually extremely ill. You know, I, I, I was I was I was nearly hospitalised because I was that skinny. So, I've I've been there. I've tasted what you know complete emptiness feels like, and I, I the, there was like a switch button that said, right, I want to get back. I want to be strong. I want to feel positive, and I want to, I want to take control of my life. And, and for me, that's when I started to pack on muscle because what worked hand in hand was well if I feed myself and if I train, I get this internal feeling of satisfaction that I'm becoming stronger, I'm becoming fitter and I have control of my life again. But then what was supposed to just give me a bit of control spiraled into me, growing into this mass monster, because I channeled all my energy and all my anger and, and, and all of the um, disappointment into training and food. So that soon took over my life. Everything that I, you know, I, I, initially thought i wanted out of life which was to be a professional sportsman to you know to be um just to be a happy kid that disappointment i could channel into training and and why i loved bodybuilding at first i had control of it i could go to a gym i didn't have to rely on anyone i didn't have to wait for anyone i I didn't have to get selected i didn't have to be special i just had to turn up i had to train and each session for me, I was getting bigger and stronger. So I was, I was becoming a success again. And I could taste that I was being successful. And I think that's what drew me initially grew the love that I had for becoming big. So to answer your question, Kevin, my, my, uh, my size has, has, has not been easy to come by. It's not been um, a gift that I had. It was It was brought about by a very dark, lonely place. And and for me it was therapy to be honest.
0: Well, I uh, <laughs> I think Kev I think Kev might be frozen, which is hilarious. But I, I uh, Martin, I, I just I just wanted to say real quick, it's uh, it means a lot that you're you're opening up in that way. You know, just because oh, a yeah. lot of this it's a difficult conversation for a lot of people to have. You know, so uh, all power to you for being able to just come and be open about that, you know, like that mental health journey.
2: Yeah. Do you know what? I don't see I don't see anything to be ashamed of. I don't see anything to hide. I don't I don't see it as anything apart from a journey in life. And do you know what I mean? If you're going to if you're going to preach about being the best you can and be the strongest you can. And, and, you know, you want to be an ambassador and a role model to young kids, then I think it's important that you open up and you say, Look, just because I look like this, and just because I've done this, it doesn't mean that I'm not affected by issues. Um, And it's okay not to be okay. Uh, I think it's good to have people speak about you know reality of life and 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 what you know uh, every action has a reaction. And I think it's good for kids to understand that life isn't easy. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be hurdles. But if you can ultimately stay on track, there is success at the end of it. Whether it's you know I. I thought I achieved success five years ago before I got into the film world because I owned my own gym. And for me, that was always a dream. I owned my own gym and I'd had a daughter uh, eight years ago and I, and I had a wife and, and a house. And I was like, well, I've succeeded at life because that's what I ever wanted. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think it matters. A, a lot of people sort of will say to me about my story. It's like, well, yeah, but that's okay. Cause that's, you know, you were very lucky. But what they didn't see is that I went through hell I worked 20 hours a day to make my gym work and to buy a house and to to have a, you know, a life that I was proud of. And then the film work came after that. I was already happy before the films. I was already felt successful. And it was, you know, I, I think if you can open up and and just give kids, especially kids of today, give them something to sort of sort of um, understand and and align themselves to, it gives them more hope. Because life's difficult and life isn't easy, especially at the moment, life can be you know very tough. But I think what what's great about um, you know the, the, the whole reason for this conversation is, is martial arts is that it teaches you that you can lose and you can go back to the drawing board, you can train hard and you can get into the next fight and you can win. So as long as you can take that mentality into life where it's okay to lose, it's okay to have things happen to you that are not manly or not macho and learn from and grow and develop, I think that's that's a, a massive life lesson in itself.
0: Are you sad? Lonely? Scared? Do your friends point and laugh at how bad your outside heel hooks are? Have you given up hope? Well, chin up, comrade! BJJ Black Belt and purveyor of fine coffee, Josh Starlord lord LeDuc is here to change your life. Buy his new DVD, Quantum Breaking Mechanics, with the link in the description to gain all the secrets of foot-mangling and knee-wrecking to destroy all who stand in your way. Now Josh doesn't know we're sharing this, so act fast before he finds out and unmakes us with the power of his mind shit that's him oh he's pissed uh anyway I, I gotta go but uh click the link and uh always heal hook responsibly
1: so yeah so the the point i was trying to make was this and first of all like i, I want to make sure and commend you on your ability to 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 overcome adversary adversity because that is such a big part of everyone's life i don't care how perfect your life is i don't care how how great everything has gone for you there's always gonna be an opportunity where adversity is going to rear its ugly head. There's going to be moments when you feel like you have insurmountable odds that are weighing down on top of you, blah, 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 blah. And during those periods, there's going to be a hopeless feeling inside of you. They're going to feel like nothing can happen. Everything's, everything's going bad for you. So you can A, sit around and do nothing and feel, feel bad for yourself and drink and do whatever things that will crawl you into that hole. Or you can do things that will distract you from the problems in a constructive manner. Like you can go out and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to immerse myself in my jiu-jitsu. I'm going to immerse myself in my bodybuilding because this is what I know. And it's the only thing I can do to take my mind off of the problems. And the problem and thing that will happen is at the end of the period when you're feeling depressed, one of two things can happen. You can wake up from your depression and say, holy shit, I'm a drunk that spent the last six months of my life doing drugs or being depressed and sitting in my room getting fat. Or you can say, wow, I spent the last year or two of my life focusing on something to distract me that made my life better. And I, I think the latter is always going to be the best way. So I'm, I, I'm proud of you for for, for for using that as an example.
2: Cheers, buddy. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think everyone throughout life is going to hit times when they, you know, they, they don't feel like they understand why or, 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 or can see an answer to it. But I think if you can, my biggest advice would always be if you're going through a challenging time, is to like you said, distract yourself with either education or enjoyment, and and one way or the other, you're gonna you're gonna create good memories, or you're you're gonna you're gonna benefit and grow as an individual when you come out the other end of that depression. And I, I think, you know, the world that we live in now, depression is is rife, and it's it's only gonna get worse because there's so much against you know uh, humanity at the moment. There's so many things going on that make you negative towards life and. And and I think it's a big, it's 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 unfortunate. But it's going to be a big part of 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 going forward, and, and the way the world is, and how people grow as individuals. I think depression is going to get more and more common, and 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 I, and I think we as adults, and especially influencers in within the you know the the world of fitness or martial arts, there's a, there's an out there for people to really sort of grasp um, positivity through sport
0: yeah no i i think that that's a very healthy way to view the situation overall um and if i if i could uh kick it back real quick and I, i'm gonna bring up a a visual aid for people in case uh two of our viewers haven't seen this amazing photo <laughs> that you posted just looking like an absolute unit in the gi
2: you could have photoshopped my belt and made me look better.
0: <laughs> hey man. You know what? Like the, the fact that the, the fact that that's what you think needs to be photoshopped is kind of ridiculous. People think people look at this and think the whole thing is photoshopped. Now, um, you've been you've been training out of Gracie Baja, and I just wanted to take it back to so you you decide you want to try MMA, you wanna you wanna get into the sport. You really want to go gung-ho. How do you go about figuring out where you're going to train for what? Like, are you doing all of your – like, where are you getting your striking, your, your grappling? How did you put together the team and, and uh, people in your corner that you have right now?
2: Do you know, what? I have I have some great friends who are in the sport, um, whether it's kickboxing, MMA, or, or grappling, or, or um, <clears throat> jiu-jitsu – and I was extremely fortunate. I've met a lot of these guys through training and also through film. So I was very fortunate that I could go and handpick some of the best people for me that also live local. We have a couple of MMA schools which are phenomenal around uh, the UK. Um, and they've got some great fighters there, which, you know, the doors were always open for me 24-7. I've got, obviously, this school that I I go to with Tom, which is a phenomenal place. And, and I think because... Of the uniqueness of, of me as an individual, I have my own training school as well, which I don't really post about. I've actually got my own mats, I've got my own um, strength and conditioning facility, a ten thousand square foot gym, which is any MMA, you know, uh, athlete's dream. To be honest, um, it was something that I invested in, invested in because once I get into this seriously. Um, and, and the films start being released and so on, I didn't want to have to feel like I was constantly under a spotlight. I didn't want to have to feel like I had to impress anyone. I just wanted to sit there as a student and learn. So for me, that that picking the, the perfect team is about picking guys who have zero ego and don't want to um, bully or show me up, but want to help me on, on this journey. And once for me, it's, it's about building memories and about enjoying the process otherwise there's no point there's there's no point in this for me if, if I'm not going to enjoy the process and enjoy the team that eventually will become like family members because you know yourself the amount of time and the amount of love the amount of effort and preparation that's going to go into doing this properly you've got to really have a strong bond and friendship ultimately with with the team that you choose
0: yeah, I, I would have to agree just that I've only ever really competed at super local events, never really anything beyond my my scope. But no matter what level that you're competing at, if you have a gym and you're a part of a gym that is really invested in you, they're going to take the time to return that in, that investment. you know, they're going to put in the time to help you get ready. You know, the whole gym is going to gravitate around you a little bit as much as it can because a bunch of people could be doing events at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. and a good the sign of a good gym is a place that can try to make everybody feel like they're being, you know, prioritized and paid attention to. And if you have questions or if there's a part of your game that needs work, you know, and, and Kevin, you're uh, you've been a coach for a long time. I'm sure you have a lot of experience with that sort of like needing to focus on a bunch of different people at once.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, particularly in in, in the case of, uh, of, of of individual attention, I always, I mean, I teach a lot of private lessons. I teach private lessons all day long. And like I, and particularly the people that I teach are, are people like yourself, guys that maybe, you know have the means or, or for whatever reason want to have that individual attention. And I I always tell people that you can get better with both. Like you can get better in a group class. You can get better taking a class with, you know, 20, 30 people, as long as you're self-motivated. But if you have the opportunity to sit down with a particular coach to give you one-on-one attention for an hour at a time, you're going to get 100% specific individualized attention towards your needs and towards your goals where you can have interacting with a coach Giving you that one on one to help you through the needs that you need specifically. Whereupon, in a group class, maybe I can look at you and give you a few pointers, but I have to move on and make sure that everyone else gets individual attention and like. I'm a big proponent of that. I also believe that you have to train. I don't like, I can't think you can just come and do private lessons. As you know, the nose, you got to come to class. You got to have training partners because jujitsu is specific. in in the idea that like, just learning the techniques is only half the battle. You have to be able to learn how to implement those techniques in a live role. And that's what makes jujitsu the greatest martial art for self-defense that there is. But, you know, people that like to talk about private lessons aren't, aren't worth it. Like I've I teach private lessons all day long and I, I, I think individual attention from a coach is 100 great.
2: Yeah, I mean, my I definitely favor at the moment private sessions because mm-hmm. I just feel like I take so many, so I, I learn so much more, especially yeah. when it comes yeah. to the the finer points. Like with striking, for instance, striking for me is a, is is a, is a is a discipline that I'm having to learn how to move my body. Uh, you know, yes. I'm not yes. advantaged. I have no advantage being this size and strength for striking because I'm so slow. Now, yeah. the benefit for doing the private coaching for me is that we can really focus on mobility, movement, footwork. Now, in a class, that would be pretty much impossible. You know, you've got 15, 20 people doing the same drill. Like you said, the coach can only spend X amount of time with you on footwork and, and movement if you have got a whole class to teach. So I, I think what what I find really beneficial when it comes to to jujitsu and, and, and the other disciplines is having the base taught to me one-to-one. And then when I go to do in the group, the motivation is there. But unfortunately, if you haven't got the education, the motivation can be pointless. Uh, I, I'm very much an individual that needs to be shown and shown and shown and shown before I understand it. And then as soon as I understand it, I'm good to go. Um, so having, having that combination for me of, of classwork with one-to-one really does work well but i, I you know also i understand that i'm very fortunate that i can get that it's not you know not everyone can 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 afford or justify spending 30 40 pounds an hour or 40 50 dollars an hour on, on a one-to-one session three or four times a week so it's right. it's yeah. it, it, it's it, you know it's horses for courses it's you know how how much can you afford and how much do you need and how how important is that for you for for your own goal and for me i think part of me loves learning so i definitely feel like i'm i'm learning a lot more with the one-to-one um but then like you said when you go into the group stuff you haven't got that safety network and that security that you coach to say right move that foot there do this do that do that you're on your own so then i think the the group work becomes extremely satisfying when you're able to implement what you've learned from the one-to-one
1: yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting uh, point too. That I never really quite thought about that way. When you go into a group class, you you don't all of a sudden you don't have the coach there to hold your hand. So you have to be like, hey, you know what? You're now I'm pushing you out of the less to go ahead and yeah. do your own thing. You have to figure out how to work it without someone telling you exactly point by point how well, things I, work. I, really- yeah,
2: I mean, I remember the first time I went to a, to a group after i had done the one to ones, and someone put me in an arm lock, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's not supposed to happen!" <laughs> like you can't do that because we don't we don't do that. And then yeah, all of right. a sudden, it's like, "Well, actually, you're you're here to roll, and whatever they do to you, as long as yeah. as long as I'm not poking your eyes and stamping on your balls, is is good to go." <laughs> and and for me, it was a okay, right? I I fought, I knew what I was doing, but now stepping into this has really highlighted that I know. I know moves A and B, but when it comes to you know implementing C, C, D, E, F, and G down the line, I'm not quite there yet. So it, it makes you appreciate that you know the how in depth jujitsu becomes, and how important it is to to really understand the the fundamentals and and to never allow the ego to take over because there is always someone who knows more or can do more, and and just to be a, be a sponge, to be honest. Um, and, and, and I think that's that's where the satisfaction comes because, you know, you can you can learn all day long, like you said, on a one-to-one basis, but in your in your groups, you've been challenged and you've been tested. And people do, I mean, you know this, the, as, as friendly as it is, you still want to win. <laughs> yeah. you know, if, 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 you're, if you're sparring and, 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 and you know, you, you're going for the win, you're not going to break their arm, but you're going to do your best to make sure that, you, you know, you get the submission.
1: Right. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice, friendly challenge. So I got I got another question for you just because I think you're a very interesting person because you seem to be the type of person that again when when people look at you and they they think about this massive 340-pound man that's six eight, they think, well, you know, of course he's successful, of course he's in movies. Just look at the guy, you know, he's gifted with these, you know, natural God-given attributes that have put him in the opportunity to be able to make to be in movies and to and to be a professional fighter to be a professional bodybuilder but I, I thought it was interesting to talk about how you, you you talked about building things in stages and i say that in regard to a, a book that i read called the compound effect and and the compound effect is is the idea of doing lots of small little things Thereupon build upon those things to give you opportunities for when op- to give you opportunities to be prepared when things come around because people talk about luck. Well, the definition of luck is being prepared for when opportunities arise for yourself and putting yourself in the right position to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. How do you feel about that, man? Do you feel like doing the individual things saying, Hey, look, you know what? I'm not thinking about being a movie star, but I can sure lift weights and tackle that goal then i get my gym going then i can tackle another goal and all those goals kind of build together on top of each other
2: yeah i i mean i didn't set out 10 15 years ago to to, you know work on on film sets um for for me it was like i just wanted to be unique i wanted to be different and i wanted to be i wanted to live life and be my own boss and, and not follow rules regulations and I don't mean that in a in a way that I wanted to break the law and become like you know bank robber. Um, I, you know I, I'm too big to do that job. I stand out. I wouldn't I wouldn't be very successful. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to. I didn't want to just feel like I had to be normal and I had to fit in. Hence the tattoos. Hence building the muscle. It was like, well, do you know what? If people are gonna judge me because of how I look or because of you know. Because of the tattoos, then so be it for them. It's for me. I I set out with the intention of just enjoying life, and and I I think having that as your intention, and when you enjoy life, you give a hundred percent. And when you give a hundred percent, you you feel like you benefit from each individual task that you do. So ultimately, for me, it was like well how do I become the best at this? And and, and first of all, it was, how do I I have the best gym in the area? Then, well, now now I have the best gym. How do I become the best advert for my gym? And that's when I got into the training side. And then it was like, well, okay, I've got the best advert. I'm going to create some marketing around it to make the gym busier. And then what happened was the marketing I created around making the gym busier actually grew me a name on social media. And that is where all the attention came for the movie. So, like you're saying, if you focus on fundamentals in life to give you structure in your everyday life and you're doing it with 100 percent commitment and focus, luck comes when you're prepared and you, you're you already working hard. And I I had an opportunity. I My picture was shown to an agent. The agent picked me up and he said, look, I, I can get you work because of how you look. But you're gonna to have to learn how to change your accent, you're gonna to have to learn how to act, you're gonna to have to learn how to do this, this, and this. If you want to be serious going forward in the acting world, because I had the financial security of, of being able to go back into education, I went back into learning how to act. And you know, I I did the drama school, I went all the down that route, I went down the physical performance route, and I created myself as an actor. And and I think. That's how you're successful. You get shown that there's an opportunity, but then you have to do the, the groundwork to make that opportunity relevant and to make it work. And that's all I've ever done. I've, I've had, the door's been slightly open because of, yes, I'm, you know, my size, but just because the door's slightly open, it doesn't mean that you're going to get a free pass when you get through that door. You know, you can you can have a door open, but if you don't impress and you don't grow and, and show the right application, you can get kicked straight back out. So, you know, you're very, people will be very naive to think just because I look a certain way or, you know, I'm going to get offered every uh, opportunity there is to have. And it's an automatic yes, because you're going to get it. The reason I think I've been successful is because I've took time to learn that discipline. I've implemented myself properly and I've been persistent with trying to be the best I can at whatever, you know, comes my way.
1: That's awesome, man. That's, that really is a good answer to that question, man. Like I'm, I'm even more impressed after just hearing you talk through that, man, because, you know, the particular thing I got out of that is the idea of doing what makes you happy, you know, because you, you, I, in my mind, like I have dedicated quite a bit of time to making myself this. And I think the, the majority of the world does now too. They want to be this instagram celebrity they want to be these people that that have to go out there and and make themselves a a known representative of whatever field they try to make themselves known in and what they forget to do is you have to actually learn the shit you're trying to make yourself be a part of before you can do it like you can't just go out there and put a couple pictures on instagram and, and 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 have horrible content and have horrible mindset and be able to become a professional in that. You have to actually do the work and do the things that get you there, man. Yeah, I mean, you know what? For me, I mean, I have a love-hate
2: relationship with social media. Um, if it wasn't for the for my work and and the fact that it brings a lot of money in, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a marketing tool at the end of the day. I wouldn't be on social media because I I think it, it puts so much pressure on individuals to look a certain way, to be a certain way. And like you said, you know, you you feel like you're constantly under a spotlight to impress people where if for me, the gym and jujitsu take away all of the financial benefits from it. If tomorrow my career ended, I'd still be up at six, seven o'clock to eat my first meal so I could get into the gym. Nothing would change there. My love for training is has been here since I was 12 years old and will still be here while I'm 75, 80 years old. It's got nothing to do with social media. It's got nothing to do with I make money out of training. It's because I absolutely adore training. I love training. I love the the friendship bonds that are built. I love the self uh, worth that training can give you. <laughs> and and that's that's what I think people are missing on social media. They they want to look good so they can get sponsored. Do you know what I mean? They want to they want to train because they want a certain look. Well, you don't love the sport. You don't love fitness. You don't love jujitsu If you're if you're going after it because of what it can give you. You're doing it purely because you want the end goal, which is monetary or or success or fame, which for me has nothing to do with the love of the sport. That's the side effect.
0: Yeah, I I, I would say I think that that is pretty dead on in terms of some of the negative aspects of social media. Mm -hmm. But I personally come into it with a bit of a different view in that a lot of doors have been opened to me because of social media. Specifically, like – I got this job here at the Jiu Jitsu Times because I I messaged my now boss Avery one day looking for for work. So it is a double edged sword. This yeah this no, all, I mean, this interview happened because of social media. <laughs> you know, so I just messaged, yeah. <laughs> I could be I could be watching a program,
2: eating my dinner, if it wasn't for social media. Oh no! <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, I am saying I think so, it's important. Uh, it's important to recognize the darkness of it, you know, because yeah. it, it does hold you to a certain like standard of oh, you got to be this, you got to be that, you got to look this way, you got to do that, 100%. and one hundred percent. I mean, I think I'm getting to the stage
2: now where you know I'm 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 thirty seven. I think I'm 38 actually. I can't remember. (laughs) I'm one of them. I do that too. I'm 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 at an age where I'm, you know, I'm I'm past all that needing to justify who I am or needing to get likes or needing to feel worthy or needing to, to feel wanted or I'm just past that point. And, And for me, I think that, like you said, there's some great, benefits of social media, but I think there's a lot of pitfalls in social media. And I and I think there needs to be a you know there needs to be more control over that. I mean I, I don't know about you guys, but I've got three kids and the last thing I want is my girls uh, or my son being on social media and feeling like they they're failing at life because they're not getting X amount of likes or then they haven't got so many friends so they're not successful or that's the negative side of social media. The positive side is the connection with great people um you know and and the ability to grow a business and the ability to to have a voice and 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 i think part of my platform for me i want to feel like the voice that i do have is portrayed and and pushed out to be a positive message and 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 that's all that's all i can hope for
1: that's cool Uh, man i got i got one more question for you then I figured we'd probably let you go eat your dinner unless Kevin's got anything else. And this is just something. I got, that, I, got I, I got a, I got a
0: small one. If you don't mind, just, to, yeah, a I, like, I, got, I, got I want to slide in a little bit of jujitsu and that's it's a big that, man. Uh, he wants to
1: eat. Now, I mean, you got it.
0: You got It's a schedule, you know? So, uh, you know, you've put time in, in gi and no gi, you know, and I, I feel like at this point you've, you've put enough time in on the mat that, your game or how you approach the art has started to sort of take shape, you know, in the way that it does at this stage. So how would you best describe your game in terms of like, in, in terms of, let's stick with gi. How do you, how do you approach the gi?
2: Oh, I, for me, I, I definitely like to feel the opponent and then try and snap. I, I like, uh, I think the more I've learned the importance of feeling the movement, of your opponent before you move yourself I find that for me massively beneficial so the when I first got into to, to gi and no gi I was trying to be too controlling I was trying to, to win everything and I was try, I, I didn't really feel my opponent so I, I think the, the best thing that I've learned over the last 12 months of doing this is being patient and then re- reacting to, to movement That's that's how I've that would be my game plan going forward. It would definitely be to try and conserve as much energy as possible, feel the opening, and then just jump on like a scorpion. Give us a mm-hmm. scorpion jump on? <laughs> Scorp- Scorp- <laughs> good, good enough.
1: <laughs> I haven't got a tail,
2: but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's cool, I, man. I, I I can't tell you like how happy I am that you're doing jiu-jitsu because I can't think of anything better in the world. I, I just think that this uh, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu teaches you things about yourself that no other sport in the world will ever no, – no not many other things in the world in general, not alone sports. Not many endeavors in the world will, will make you realize who you are as a person and, and, and make you I, correct your faults like jiu-jitsu will.
2: Yeah, no, I, I massively agree. And I think the – the benefit of jujitsu is it teaches you to be humble without injuring you too much. So with other, with, with other disciplines, you know, you can go in and if you if you lose, you can really feel that you've lost. With jujitsu, because of the respect between the you know the, the athletes, they can tie you up in knots, but you're going to still be able to go to work the next day. And I think that's the, the massive attraction of the sport to 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 people is that they can they can learn a very beneficial and successful martial art they can partake in everyday life and they can be humbled by a lesser opponent with a greater skill set and i think that is a is an awesome uh, advocate for the sport because it allows it to to reach such different people and and this this you know there's people who you roll with on the mat in, in in other elements of life you would never socialize with and I think that's what's beautiful about jiu-jitsu as well. It, it welcomes everyone, no matter color, age, race, height. It allows every single person in that room to, to be able to compete with each other and 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 to partake. And I think it's a, I think it's a great sport. I'm glad I, I found it. And I, and I don't think it would be something that i stop after the MMA
1: finishes because I, I, I do
2: generally enjoy the sport.
1: <laughs> that's good, man. So, again, I got one more question for you just because I think this is something that's interesting that is specific to, to, to something that you would be able to understand and, and help me to, to think through. and Maybe we can find a more universal help for the world out of this. I'm just curious. So, like, obviously, you are not a normal mortal human being. You know, when you walk into a room, <laughs> I'm just I'm being and I'm, I'm using this to, to make a point. Like when you walk into the room, like. 60, 70% of the room stops and turns and looks at you and thinks in themselves, Wow, look at this, look at this person. Um, do you ever get tired of that? Do you ever, I mean, have you grown to a point where, you know, I mean, you talk about the tattoos, you talk about the complete package. Have you gotten to the point to where you've learned how, how do you deal with that? How do, how do you react to something like that?
2: um I think now as 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 I've got older it's been different because people people now recognize me as well for what I've done and who I am so it's a, it's right. a kind of different right. response but let's go back let's let's go back five years ago because I've been big for 15 20 years um and and I found that I had to change uh as an individual on a social um element going out of a nighttime for instance if I was to go out and have a drink i'd probably end up in a fight because someone didn't like me so for me going out i would never drink i don't drink i would never drink i'd always try and talk myself out of a scenario because i guarantee you as the night progressed with me being the size i was and and the way i looked i would always get someone that wanted to to step up and to try and prove to themselves or their friends that they weren't intimidated by the big guy but like I, I don't want to fight. Do you know what I mean? I've got no intention of fighting on the street. I don't. I don't need that. I've got. You know, I enjoy. I enjoy my life. I've got successful businesses, and I want to travel the world. I don't need a, a criminal record for a, a pub fight. So for me, that was was one part of uh, me being who I am that really did sort of frustrate me. You know, going out and having that negativity. But then on the on the flip side of it, because of my personality, I think. I managed to create a lot of friends that came up to me expecting a, a, a certain arrogance, I suppose, or a, a, you know, a, 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 they presumed I was gonna be different to how I was. And that conversation or that friendship would never have started because they would never have come up to me if I wasn't how I was or, or what I looked like. So I think there's there's pros and cons of being big. There's good parts and there's bad parts. Um, and I think it's like anything in life. It, it's more about how you deal with scenarios and, and how you want a scenario to be played out. I, I think you can, you know, if you, want, if, if you want trouble, you'll find trouble. If you don't yeah. want trouble, yeah. you avoid the situations, you avoid the places, and you you approach everything with a smile. And and I think to, to be this size and to stay out of trouble, I think you have to have a bit of a cheeky smile and sort of take a, so it's take a backward step allow people to have a bit of a drive and then try and just allow them to feel like they've won the argument now and again <laughs> and for I me mean, i'd rather i'd rather be that person that everyone sort of thinks oh he's just a big stuff couldn't be better than be that yeah.
1: arrogant it's funny you bring yeah. it up man i yeah. have i have that shit happen to me all the time and i'm by no means your size, but I'm a pretty big guy. I got cauliflower here and people know Mm -hmm. that I'm a jiu-jitsu world champion. I coach at a, at a, at a MMA school and all those other things like that. And what I find more than anything is that like people are dumb, like particularly (laughs) when they get, particularly when they get some alcohol in them and for no apparent, for no apparent reason whatsoever, random people will come up to you and start to kind of test the waters to see how you react and it's like i don't believe that i've given you any reason to believe that i'm trying to be better than you that i'm trying to be alpha or any of the particular things i think it's just an odd thing that happens in the human brain and that's a difficult thing to deal with because you're just like that you have to be like hey you know like i'm very sorry that I've fitted you, because honestly, in your mind, you're like, "If I wanted to, I could just pick you up and swing." <laughs> around yeah, I the mean, I, I mean, you know, I in in my heyday, I was extremely
2: powerful, and I, and if I was to snap with my temper, I'm pretty sure I could hurt most normal guys on, on a night out. And and for me, it was like, well, I have no need to to feel like I don't know I've, I've I've won a fight with a complete nobody in the bar. There's, there's, there's nothing in it for me. There's no, there's no value in it. It it doesn't make sense. Um, and, and I, and I think it's just the, it's, it's, it's the negative aspect of looking a certain way that you're always going to have that scenario. If you put yourself in that environment for me, I'm at an age now I've got three children. I've got a wife. I'd rather go out for a meal and some quiet drinks with friends. And you don't tend to find that trouble in that environment. It's more, I think, I think the aggro comes when you're with the lads, you're out on a, you know, on on a social occasion drinking. And I I think it's a, I think it goes back to that competitiveness that, you know, a a male who's full of testosterone, he's going to want to be the king of the jungle. (laughs) It doesn't matter if he's five foot tall or he's six foot tall. He's going to want to be that the man. And I think because of yourself, Kevin, because you've got such a, uh, a high caliber of, of history behind you that you know you've competed at the best, you're training the best, you are ultimately in probably the top 1% of the world at what you do. For you, you don't need to compete. You don't need to, you don't need to right. go to a bar to feel, to feel like you're a man.
1: Right. I say that all the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I have nothing. And that's one of the beauties of martial arts is the fact mm-hmm. that look, man, like I, I people say that all the time. One of the criticisms about martial arts, well, you're to become this killer. It's like, no, I, yeah, I am a killer, but because I am, like, I have no reason serious? to try to prove. It. I do it all day long. I beat people up for a living. It's what I do. Yeah. I don't care about this guy.
0: I mean, the, the the biggest thing I took away when I started was that I should be more terrified of more people because when I started doing jujitsu, I was getting the. The crap beaten out of me by like hundred pound girls and like old old people and like everyone was beating the crap out of me. So I'm like, oh, I can't judge with my eyes if someone can beat the crap out of me. I got to be scared of everybody at all times forever. <laughs> well,
2: I, I think there's a lesson for us all there. We should yeah. never, we should never judge someone on what they look like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like for for instance, you know, I I know it doesn't show on camera, and for our audio listeners, I know I don't really sound it, but I'm actually eight feet tall. I'm I'm eight honest, foot. I'm eight foot four fifty. You know, I have a two thousand pound bench. You know, and so you you'd I, I'm, think I'm, um like <laughs> I'm quite intimidated just looking at this camera. To be honest, buddy. <laughs> exactly. You know. Hey, Martin, you don't got anything to fear from me, pal. You know, it's, <laughs> I'm
2: oh, just from yeah.
0: different countries. That's all. Oh, God. I'm going to get a text from my brother uh, after he listens to this going, Kevin, you're fat. You you don't follow the diet. Don't say that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Martin, honestly, thank you so much for joining us here today for like what was honestly a very deep and, and powerful conversation. I think it, it went in a lot of interesting directions. Uh, at the close, here, is there anything last minute that you'd like to plug? I know we didn't get super into the, the fight itself. So, if there's any details or stuff you wanted to plug, uh, right now would be the time. Hey, I, I,
2: I, no.
0: <laughs> I,
2: every, everything's on hold. Like, COVID's on hold. Right. I was supposed to fight. The debut fight was for KSW at Wembley Arena, which was going to be October. Um, that's had to be put on hold because of COVID. And then, Fast and Furious was supposed to be released uh May, just gone. That's now been put on hold till April. So the you know the the, the, whole, the whole COVID scenario has just completely kabooshed everything. So uh all I want to plug is uh peace and happiness.
0: <laughs> are you sure are you sure you wouldn't like the opportunity to promote one football team and really De- uh, trash another football team As is a very popular I, thing in the UK <laughs> I,
2: can't, I can't stand football mate just, Really? Just, oh, don't get me started on footballers <laughs> how, how an individual can be paid that much For kicking a ball around the field I have no idea Ooh,
1: Jeez.
0: And I think that is the most Controversial thing That will ever be said on any episode <laughs> i tell you one thing though I wouldn't mind putting a footballer in a cage.
2: Not what I feel <laughs> confident about.
1: <laughs> cool, right. man. This is this is this really has been a good interview, man. I, I I really I really enjoyed this. You're a very insightful person. And uh I'm very I was very uh, very happy to talk to you because it was it was it was refreshing to see someone like yourself as accomplished as yourself to still keep that leaven-headed approach. And I think that's kind of the secret to most people I know that are at the top of the world, like yourself. That's the secret to their success, man.
2: Well, I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege to have a, a nice conversation with you two. Great gentlemen. Cool, man.
0: Well, thank you very much, Mr. Ford, for giving thank us your time and your wisdom. We hope to catch you not only in the cage, but on, on the big screen, Fast and Furious 9. Go check it out when it comes out, as COVID has delayed everything. Uh, I guarantee when he shows up on screen, you won't miss him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but- this has been another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I've been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my immaculate co-host, Mr. <laughs> Kevin Gallagher, joined today by athlete uh, and now martial artist extraordinaire, Martin Ford. Uh, i s- out. <laughs> <laughs> stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and protect your neck, everybody. Uh, peace out.